The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your name. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and uh, you'll see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. If you missed that and you want to watch it, you can watch that up until 3 p.m., at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. And then on the right side is where we're streaming. Just hit the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got, and then uh, click on the rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. And you can join us in the chat on Rumble. And we're streaming on Rumble, by the way. Sons of Liberty Radio Live over there. Please subscribe to the channel. We'd appreciate that very much. Also, beforeitsnews.com, we're streaming live there. 
and uh, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. I'm trying to find other outlets where we can do it. Some offer live, but you have to do it off their website, so we can't put it through a streaming service, which makes it very, very complicated, and some of them won't allow you to flip your camera. So if you see anything from me, uh, it, I'll be backwards. <laughs> uh, not that that's a problem, because most of you wouldn't know, because the writing on my shirt is down below the camera anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's, that's there. So, uh, also while you're over at sonsoflibertymedia.com, check out our, uh, email newsletter, sign up for that. Um, you get one of those a day. If you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com, sign up there. It's once a week and that lets you know what we're doing in the ministry. Uh, you get first hand knowledge of what our special is for the week. Speaking of which is in our store, um, which is, uh, Stephanie's testimony one heart and uh, this is normally a donation of seven dollars through saturday at midnight you can use the promo code one heart that's the number one and heart all one word one heart and you'll get uh, 50 percent off of that if you want to pick that up that's through midnight on saturday and then uh, if you would like to support us there's a donate button at the top of the page to make a one-time donation and then also you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty if you agree with our message and the things that we're doing um, we could use your support. So you can do that. That's off of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Uh, real quick before we bring Lynn on, a couple of headlines off of sonsoflibertymedia.com. And, and I got two of these in the Clinton body count thing. Okay? Investigation continues in the case of Clinton advisor linked to Epstein. Check this out. He was found hanged with a shotgun blast to his chest. This was earlier uh, this year. Hmm. Could it be a suicide? That's what they're going to say, right? Arkansas? <laughs> this is uh, Mark Middleton. He was the former uh, Bill Clinton advisor. But then, just a couple of months before him, there was another lady, Ashley Haynes. Is she now another considered another Arkansas? Uh, there's new calls for an inquiry after there were some photos that surfaced. No, no pun intended there, because she did drown. She was found with a electrical cord tied around her ankle, tied to a cement block. How many people do you know that commit suicide that way? I mean, I'm sure there's probably somebody who's done it somewhere. Maybe they wanted to take the uh, idea of the tying the millstone around your neck and just took a cement block and tied it around there. I don't know. But it sounds really odd, and this was in an Arkansas River. So um, that people are calling for that, uh, a new inquiry into that. Well, you know, the boys down there in Arkansas, you know many of those guys have been bought off by the Clintons a long time ago, and uh, and they're probably being paid really good for that. So I, I, I don't know what's going to come of that. That's two stories just, um, you know, yesterday that we put out on these two people. Um, man and a female partner die within weeks of each other. From heart attacks and catastrophic stroke, but the media didn't report the support for COVID shots. Now, I don't have anything telling me specifically, hey, we got the shot. They didn't hold up their little, you know, whatever receipt or whatever the thing is that they get when they do that. Um, <clears throat> none of that. But I did several, I went to several stories on this couple. They leave behind a 10 year old autistic son. Um, the woman has two grown daughters. But if you go to the woman's Facebook page, not only is she supporting the, supporting the sodomite agenda, but she was in there promoting the shot. She, I didn't see anything where she said she got it, but she was definitely promoting it. And uh, we got the images there. And the media is completely silent over that. How many people do you know that this happens to within a matter of weeks? They're getting blood clots. They're getting 
heart attacks, they're having a catastrophic stroke. Yeah. And the media, completely silent. Don't even ask the question. Why? Because it's brought to you by Pfizer. Um, Robert F. Kennedy's Children's Health Defense warns the FDA is declaring war on our children. And they are. They're looking to approve drugs, uh, and that's what they are, sorceries, to be used on infants to five years old, telling you they're safe and effective just like they did for the elderly, just like they did for the middle age, just like they did for the teens, and they're anything but that. They know they're dangerous. They know they're deadly. They know they're injuring people by the millions. And they're still going to approve it and push it out on the children of the United States to unsuspecting, ignorant, foolish parents who will take their kids to the witch doctor for the sorcery. That's what they're doing. The federal government's own study concluded its ban on assault weapons didn't reduce gun violence. Now, we've covered this time and time again, and uh, I'm I'm just not even going to go over it. It's there for people who want to check it out. We've covered this issue time and time again. You know, Feinstein saying, oh, if I had my way, I'd tell you, Mr. and Ms. America, turn them all in. Yeah, you get the bullets first, chick. That's That's the way that one works. Uh, when you come and do something like that. I'm surprised we haven't uh, dealt with the people long before, but we haven't. Um, And I think that's because we're a people who believe in defense, not offense. Okay? Um, Also, Arm Texan. I don't know if you guys heard this guy's story. Arm Texan ran toward the Uvalde shooter to stop him outside the school. Guess what? Cops did the same thing to him they were doing to the parents. They blocked him and, uh, and kids died. This is from uh, Matt Agrist. And then I got just two quick videos. One is, you know, we, we're in this uh, this uh, gas issue. There's no reason for the gas to be going up, by the way. It's more than double now. And uh, Joe Biden, oh, there's nothing we can do. You know, he wants to blame it on, on Putin, doesn't he? He wants to blame it on Russia. <laughs> uh, here he is in 2006 when gas was just $3 a gallon. Take a listen. Um, with oil prices. Uh, we were at our conference lunch today and someone said, you know, oil is going to go to $4 a gallon. And Senator Boxer sitting next to me said, it's already $4 a gallon in my hometown in California. Well, um, it is well over $3 a gallon in most of our, uh, in most of our constituencies. And, uh, um, and we're paying uh, that money, in my view, because we lack an energy policy. You lack an energy policy? Uh, um, I don't know where Washington gets the idea that they're to control anything and everything, including the energy. I don't see that in in the Constitution. Sure, are they to make you know the sale of energy across state lines regular? Yes. They're not to regulate it like out of existence, and that's what they try to do. And then they end up becoming fascist partners with corporations and energy producers uh, in the meantime. But this is when it was three. And I remember, what was it, years ago when Obama was in office uh, that, you know, when I went out of town and stuff to work, and I was paying four or five dollars a gallon for one of those big old, you know, Dodge work vans or a Chevy work van. And you're talking about, man, it'd be like $100 to fill them things up. I mean, it's ridiculous. But here's, here's Joe Biden, $3 a gallon, 
Oh, we've got a bad energy policy. Well, dude, <laughs> some people are paying over $5 a gallon. Some people might be paying more than that. And what are you saying? It's Putin's fault. We got an energy crisis or a policy. If, if old Putin would just, you know, keep himself in line. That's what he says. Uh, this is another one, and this will be my last one that we're going to bring Lynn on. This is uh, Andrew Wakefield. Now, you remember Bill Gates went after uh, Wakefield saying he didn't know what he was talking about. He wasn't being truthful. He wasn't being honest, blah, 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 to try to protect his investment. Now, I'm going to let you make your decision as to whether or not you think Wakefield is accurate in his statement here. But take a listen to what he has to say about uh, Bill Gates and those who've been pushing these shots, fraudulently called vaccines, and the public confidence. Take a listen. One good thing that's come out of it, I saw the CDC's own data presented the other day that now 72% of the U.S. adult population are saying no to the CDC's recommended schedule on the COVID vaccine. They're either not getting the first dose, not getting the second dose, or not getting the booster. That is an abject failure on behalf of that vaccine program. If you see Bill Gates now, I saw an interview of him the other day, and he was on television, and he was asked, well, what do you think? You know, How did it go? How was the... Uh, how did, what was the outcome of your campaign, your intent to vaccinate, fully vaccinate all 7 billion people on the planet? He was a broken man. Bill Gates was a broken man. It was an utter failure. And it was a failure on so many levels. But what they have done is they have attracted public confidence. They will not get it back. The public do not trust them anymore. Mm. And well, that part is true. The people don't trust them, and the more they keep pushing this stuff, they're going to push it on the kids, and kids are going to start dying. They're never going to trust them again. They're never going to want to walk a step towards a hospital. In fact, tomorrow we're going to have an update from Scott Shara, uh, whose daughter had Down syndrome. She was 19, and the Roman Catholic um, hospital there in Wisconsin targeted her. I, You'll see the documents. You'll see that they did it. It's premeditated murder with at least three people involved, at least two doctors and a nurse, at least, maybe more, to murder her. And they took her life. And you're going to find people are not going to trust these guys any, any further than they can throw them. The CDC, the FDA, the federal government, the corrupt uh, political pimps pimping out these drugs from the big pharma sugar daddies that they got. Um, all of this stuff's going on, and the people don't trust them. I've run across several people that when they got sick, they said, there's no way I'm going to a hospital. There's just no way. And uh, I say good for them. That's a, that's, a, that's a good lesson learned. The only time you need to go to a hospital is if you've got some kind of traumatic thing going on. You know, you've been in a serious auto accident. You've got a heart attack. What? I, anyway. Anyway, it's Rotten at the Core Wednesday, all right? And with that said, uh, we have, as always, the Common Core diva, Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. How are you? I am good. I am good. Mm. Well, I brought my sriracha sauce, so Ugh. we have some. <laughs> I am so not a some... sriracha fan. 
And not well, because I don't like spice. I just, it's got a funky flavor to me. That's, that's, that's me. That's okay. But you were, we were talking a uh, couple of weeks ago about the Supreme Court. And we said, you know, shuck and jive. And you said, hey, bring the hot sauce. And I brought my hot sauce. So that's where we're headed today is the Supreme Court. And, you know, here's something. And yes, we will be going long today. Uh, but I wanted us to go back and look at that particular show we did just a couple of weeks ago, because it's just been in the couple of weeks, Tim, between today and then that all this stuff has just started to reach this fever pitch. And there's a reason why is because the Supreme Court wants to go on their vacation. But in order to do that, okay, they have to get through the month of June when their session ends. So they have 33 cases between today and the 30th to weigh in on. And if they don't weigh in on them, they're just going to get put off to the side and they'll, they'll come back at some point and look at these particular cases. Now, in that mix of 33, is the Carson versus Macon uh, court case that we brought up those couple of weeks ago. And this was all about how the there was a group of parents in Maine and they were really upset because their school vouchers or their school choice program was going to take public money to fund a religious schooling experience for this family or these families. And of course, we have everybody and his cousin weighing in, oh, we can't mix public money with private uh, schooling. And I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, what has been the barrel of monkeys in the uh, education system for eons in America is exactly that public money, uh, excuse me, private money into public schools, and now they want to flip it, and somehow, because it's going to be flipped, oh, we can't do this, but yet we've been doing it for decades over here with disastrous results, and the Supreme Court is playing this to a T. Now, if you go on any of the social media outlets where the Supreme Court followers are giving you all the information about okay well hey we're in we're in the chambers or we're we're wherever they've roped us off to because of covid but we're we're in here and we're looking for you and we're going to see where everything is going carson and macon was supposed to be trotted out on the 6th of june which was what two days ago or maybe a day ago i don't know anyway point of it is it didn't make the opinion uh calendar for that day However, there was one case that was related where the Supreme Court denied a petition for evidence on that particular case. So what I'm seeing happening with the Supreme Court and why we need the shuck and jive and therefore the hot sauce is the fact that they're doing a, a, a really big orchestrated play to put off these decisions as much as they can to have everyone start throwing every problem in the media they can about this, because suddenly it's not about just what is constitutionally sound for education, but it's the R versus D 
the public versus the private. It's the uh, you can't force your religion on me because I don't want your religious uh, garbage in my school. So we're turning it into anything we can to to divert from the real issue, which is, first of all, the Supreme Court has zero business weighing in on anything to do with these educational decisions. But we have let our government do this. And so now we're seeing that they're going back as far as the um, board versus Brown, where it was all about race in the 50s. And we're seeing them try to bring that thinking into 2022 going, OK, we're justified. But wait, I have stuff for you on that. In the book, A Place Called School, this was one of those dastardly books that Charlotte told us that we needed to be looking at on page 45. Okay, this is under the chapter called We Want It All. Okay, as bad as this book is, here's a point that the author was making. The Supreme Court decision of 1954 ruled out race as a barrier to attending any school. Now, he goes on to tell you that there are four different charges, Tim, for education through a public system, all right? One of those is that it has to um, provide free elementary and secondary education in a common type of school. It also goes on to tell you that they have to use every possible means to assure optimum access for diverse populations. It goes on to tell you that it has to be reasonably comprehensive in their studies to assure a balance of academic, behavioral, and vocational studies, which we're seeing that has been blown out of the water. And then the last thing is to provide quality and equality simultaneously. Now, the author goes on to tell you that the Supreme Court while they made this decision in 1954, they're part of the problem, not the solution, because he's sitting here telling you that the Supreme Court decision of 1954 has obfuscated at state and local levels and gotten in the way of its own self in what is supposed to be going on in education. So if we can take something like that from a book that was meant to, to show us how socialistic and, and Marxist we need to be, that needs to be a warning sign right there. Well, I think the warning was already has already been given. Uh, Charlotte was one who did a lot of that. You've been doing that. But yeah. it, it's going to come down to the states telling the, the federal government, we're not going to take your money. We're not taking the cheese. I, it could be stopped as quickly as that. But then the state's got to get out of the way, too. And I know that, again, not to get down the rabbit hole on the history of why southern states put education in the Constitution, which was pushed by Marxist Lincoln. But, mm-hmm. uh, but the whole idea is they're not supposed to be involved in it either. In fact... The more they get involved in it, the more indoctrination you get and the less education you get. Right. And what we're seeing happen now is that suddenly people have woken up and going, oh, wait a minute. Look how stacked the Supreme Court is. Look at the agenda. And it's no wonder this is going to go through. They're telling you it's going to go through. They're not leaving it up to, okay, we don't know if it's going to go through. Now, here's why I'm thinking based on my research, both of my own Charlotte and and all the others who we've been telling you for years, you know, this is the way the agenda is going. It will not surprise me one iota 
that the Supreme Court will rule in favor of using not only school choice as a widget, because remember, that's one of the flavors of the midterms, but they're going to use it to help privatize education, which is what this particular case is about. Because if you'll remember, the more private it becomes, the more the government steps in and says, oh, yeah, we're going to have to mandate what's going on, because after all, We've turned every bit of education, we've, we've, in truth, eradicated every form of private, made it all public, stuck a private label on it so that we can mandate what goes on. So now, when will they do this decision? It would not surprise me, Tim, to see them put this, kick the can down the road so that this decision comes out later or that not decision, their opinion, because it is an opinion, it's not a decision. It would not surprise me if their opinion comes out later, as opposed to right now before vacation. If it happens and I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm telling you, if you look at the political uh, landscape of what's going on, it needs to fit into the narrative, just not right now, but further down the road. But you've got everyone who is interested in the Supreme Court going, oh, if you think Roe versus Way is bad, we need to be looking at this because this is mixing public and private. And I'm like, honey, that was so yesterday. We need to be looking at why we're still allowing a, a jurisdicted body to dictate what happens when it's not even in the Constitution for them to do it. And that's that's the most important thing that people need to come away with. You know, I'm right. uh, Lynn, we've talked about this before, and right. I'm kind of, I guess I'm not surprised, but, uh, you know, I, I remember reading recently a gentleman who's running for office, and he's supposed to be a conservative, you know, he's supposed to be constitutionalist on this. Uh, he's pushed for balanced budget amendment, which is, I mean, just legalizes what's unconstitutional is what it does. Uh, right. He also pushes for school choice. And, you know, you and I would probably say, yeah, we're, we're for school choice as long as it's not as it's not following what the, what the government says, which most people, that's how they understand it. But but yeah. when it comes into the political arena, nobody points that out. They just go right along with the narrative, pushing the same thing that's that's already set up illegally, unconstitutionally by the federal mm -hmm. government. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's an article that The Washington Post put out, and this is supposedly a bombshell. And I, I'm not picking on the, the person who wrote it. Her name is Valerie Strauss. This is not the first time she has trotted out rot when it comes to education. But she has in here, oh, it's going to be days. It'll be any time now. And the Supreme Court's going to weigh in. And this is going to really just rock the boat where education is. Now, the reason why I wanted to point out this particular article is that, first of all, Strauss was featured on Charlotte's website on um, deliberately dubbing down back in 2014 because she was roped in with another article that was all about a committee in investigating tax-exempt foundations where it met with education. So while Strauss on one hand is going, okay, yes, here is what's going on, she's teasing everyone to get them into this frenzy. And then what she's not showing you is all the other stuff that's going on at the Post. For example, Jeff Bezos now owns the Washington Post. And, and, how they, does and they are tied to the CIA. Yeah. Okay. So I give you 
even though it's not a very trustworthy uh, uh, link, I give you the CNN article where they broke it that Bezos was buying the post. Now, Strauss has been at the post well before Bezos took over, but we have to look at what Bezos is doing with education. And real quick, I'm going to go to John's book, School World Order, and give you two instances where Bezos has gone, oh, yes, I love education because it makes me money. Okay. With that said, let me get to it. Uh, Okay. In a 2015 South by Southwest Education Conference, Betsy DeVos advocated for expanding virtual schools and online learning in an open system of choices. This is merely a euphemism for privatizing virtual schools in a corporate government system of competitive public-private charter school corporations that parents and students can choose from, <laughs> which is what part of the Supreme Court decision or opinion is supposed to be about. Now, it goes on to tell you uh, a lot of the lies that she's saying, but it also will tell you down at the bottom that DeVos and her vision for the future incorporated public-private contracts with with uh, big tech corporations such as Eric Schmidt, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, and Peter Thiel. And go on to find out Thiel was in on one of Trump's first tech summits. Jeff Bezos was also there, Tim. Elon Musk was also there. Timothy Cook of Apple. Uh, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook. And on and on. Google Google's parent company. And if you look at who has been funding a lot of these campaigns for midterm, guess what? You're going to find not only big tech, you're going to find big corporations that will be tied to big tech. So you cannot, cannot tell me or convince me ever that this is not an orchestrated nightmare to to rope in not only the shuck and jive at, at a media level, but rope in these unsuspecting parents into thinking, oh, yes, who doesn't want freedom? Because that's what school choice is supposed to mean. But again, it's one of these words that's been redef- uh, one of these phrases that's been redefined so that you think freedom, you think my rights, my kid. And that's not what's going on at all. Yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, the the names they give to the bills that they do, where they talk about freedom, or they talk about liberty, or they talked about you know something that sounds really good, but but once you get past the skin of the apple here, uh, it's mm-hmm. rotten to the core, isn't it? It absolutely is. Now, if you're not convinced just by those two uh, cited resources, we have from the Bezos Family Foundation itself, Tim. Uh, And if you'll go there and show everybody, and for those who are not able to see this, be sure you go back in the archive and look at this. This is a website that is full of nothing but telling you we are not about American values, attitudes, and beliefs, but the global citizenship, because that is going to be um, roped in with this. It absolutely is. And if that's not enough proof, there's an attached image that I gave Tim in the email that I did for a a previous article where I gave you a diagram of where Bezos, uh, where his foundation was coming in and roped in with all these other particular organizations. And some of them are government. So 
we have. Yeah, that I can't one. even show that. It's so tiny. I know it is tiny. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but right. anyhow, let me um, let me see if I can get to it. Okay, what you're gonna see is you will see a tree, and then it has roots, and then all the entities are out in the branches, and that's where you'll see Bezos. So that'll be in the archives for you as well. I think I even gave the article so that if you can't see it in that attachment form, you can see it in the article form as well. So I just wanted to point that out, that um, the web of deceit, the tree of deceit, oh, goodness, it is right there in living color. Now, parents have school choice and kidswin.com <laughs> had sort of a rebuttal to Valerie Strauss's recent article. And they're saying that she totally misrepresented the entire situation. And I'm going to have to say, I don't know much about this group, but just on that one item, Tim, they got it spot on. Okay. All right. I've got that up for people okay. too. Um, yeah. And we'll have Hang that on. in the archive as well. Yeah. It says, it says here, Washington Post Valerie Strauss completely misrepresents the upcoming Supreme Court decision. All right. It says, you know, last week she went on to write this bombshell, which we, you know, we looked at that one. She's referring to the case of Carson versus Macon, which will be ruled on by the Supreme Court later this month. Now, see, they don't even know when it's going to be. Uh, but they're saying later this month, almost giving you a guarantee that it will be by the end of June. It may, it may not. And here's why. The case, the docket number for this particular case is 20-1088. They're making decisions, Tim, on cases that start with 21. So when this one will be trotted out will probably be to fit, well, well not probably, it will be to make someone's point. And then they're going to point at all the, the, the justices and go, well, they're partisan. Well, they're partisan. Well, of course they are. They're partisan to who put them in there and who paid for them to be there. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't I don't understand why people can't figure that out, but they can't. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it says here, here's a summary of the, of the Carson versus Macon. Main issues, educational scholarships to children to attend private schools where there is no local public school in the area. However, it prevents these vouchers from being used at religious institution because the state believes that it will then violate the establishment clause of the U.S. Constitution. The Post reporter goes into hysterics to, to describe what would happen if the court decides to rule in favor of the parents. Now, don't know how many of you know the Establishment Clause of the U.S. Constitution, but I certainly do not believe that there was school or education in that Establishment Clause. You want to explain what you mean by that? Okay, hang on just a second. Uh, the Establishment Clause, whoops, all right, hang on, there we go. The Establishment Clause does not have anything to do with the particular Establishment Clause because the Establishment Clause says it guarantees freedom concerning religion, expression, assembly, and the right to petition, but it forbids Congress from both promoting one religion over others and also restricting an individual's religious practices. Okay, that was on religion. This is about school. 
but they're going to eke out that little point to make their case. Yeah, and then that gets back to, you know, even if you go back to the Founding Fathers, some of them would provide uh, hymnals and Bibles and things of this nature, not only for missionaries to the Indians, but in the school system as well that they had that time. And Mm -hmm. all of that, nobody takes any of that into account. And here's the thing. Just because you promote the biblical worldview does not mean you're promoting a religion. There's, there, there is a distinction here, folks. Just because you have uh, you borrow the law of God as part of your laws, I mean, these same people are doing it were the same people back in the 80s who signed into law a resolution saying, our laws are based upon the Bible. Wait a minute. Are you not being hypocritical and saying we can't teach this because it's religious and we can't have one religion over the other, but then you're going to say all our laws are based on the Bible? What in the world is going on there in, that, in those people's minds? Well, you know, it, it, you bring up a very good point, but let's also remember, while Reagan did declare 1983 is the year of the Bible, that was a year after he had said, okay, you know what, Rabbi Schneerson, we're going to help get these Noahide laws into yeah, business. Yeah. Carter did it. Bush the first did it. Bush the first is the one who signed the public law to create. And what it says is not the Bible is our basis for our laws, but these Noahide laws that are so anti-biblical, it's not even funny. Oh, I, I totally agree. I, it's totally hypocritical. It absolutely is. Now, one of the documents that Strauss brought up in this particular bombshell article that she wrote is from an organization called NEPC, and that stands for the National Education Policy, uh, I think it's Commission Corporation. Anyhow, this particular document is written by a man named Kevin Wellner. Now, Kevin Wellner is the head honcho of this particular organization, which is housed in a public university in the state of Colorado. It's at the University of Colorado. Oh, no, no public-private funding there. No, No collusion there, is there? So not only does he write this paper, he heads the entire organization. He is the one, and I looked this up on the the website, he is the one, Tim, who solely uh, decides where the money that's funneled to this, this arm of the university, where all the money goes to. So not only is he in charge of the, the narrative, he's in charge of the funding that goes with it. And you're going to sit there and think that he's going to be objective. Oh, 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 no, he's not. This particular document is setting up a whole nother can of worms tied to this Supreme Court decision for Carson versus Macon, and it is not religious-based. It is one more time trying to tip the scale toward racial division. Well, can we say that uh, every, every education system is religious at its core? I think we can say that because they're presenting a worldview, a belief system that you're going to have to believe in in order to, quote unquote, function in the uh, in the society. So they're indoctrinating you for those things. All of this, there is nothing. See, I don't see any difference Uh, for the Christian. Everything in life is sacred. There is no sacred and secular stuff. 
Everything is sacred because we see that it's supposed to be under the kingship of Jesus, right? So that therefore it's sacred. But for others, they'll see this division there, and then they want to say something can be without. I hate using the term religion or religious specifically, but without mm-hmm. any kind of spiritual worldview, that somehow it can be neutral, and it can't. We all have a, a worldview we bring to things when we look at it. If it's looking at food, if it's looking at uh, the way we do business, if it's looking at the way we uh, educate our kids, if it's the way we do government, all of that has a a worldview that is built on a certain morality that we hold. And morality is supposed to be um, derived from the lawgiver who gives the law. So again, I've said it, I've said it a thousand times, every government is a theocracy. That they are, whoever the God of that society determines it. And therefore it trickles down to everything that they do is going to shape their worldview, including education. So again, when you say, or when these people say, "Well, we want to get separation of church and state. We want the, we want the, uh, we don't want any religious stuff in our education." Well, you can't help but have it. You can't help but help but have it. If you leave a vacuum, thinking you're not doing it, what are you going to get? You're going to get the after school Satan clubs, right? You're going to get the Baphomet stuff stuck in there. You're going to get Islam taught in the school. You, it's going to be filled one way or the other. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But how terrible! Is it that you've got one idiot in charge of the money and the agenda, or part of the agenda, and then he's going to come in and give you something that this particular case is not even about, and then sit there and put a question mark on it? And here's the name of it. It's called Outsourcing of Discrimination, colon, Another SCOTUS Earthquake? It's a question. Now, he is the director of the NEPC, but let me tell you, there's a little bit more to his common core machine past skeletons in his closet. He helped uh, create the schools of opportunity, which is another uh, uh, false narrative for school choice. He was also given an award Tim, by the Rockefeller foundation. Yippee. In 2005, he was a resident of the Rockefeller foundation Bellagio Center, B-E-L-L-A-G-I-O. I I know I slaughtered that. And that is also tied to the Partnership for the Future of Learning, which does what? Uses big tech to do what? Privatize education. Is that just not special? Now, one of the things that goes in with this Carson and Macon is they're throwing every education decision preceding it into this mix to try to make some sort of opinion. So don't be surprised, uh, especially with Brown versus Board or Board versus Brown or however you want to say it. So this particular dude is saying, okay, if we use the main case, the Carson versus Macon, all we're doing is we're kicking the can of racialism division one more time down the road. Again, who's our biggest race baiter? the federal government. And now we have the Common Core machine going, oh, yes, I can't be left out of this because after all, they're part of the big government. So we have that particular document for you. Uh, You're going to see a lot in his article about or his document, because it's always been so studied that it's not just about color of skin. It's about uh, division over beliefs, uh, sexual orientation, uh, Anything that fits within that big realm is going to be in there. 
Okay, so just going to throw that one out. Uh, also give you an archive on how he is uh, supporting of the alternative agenda out there about how we can make schools safer for everyone, because after all, everyone has to be included because we have to all be inclusive. But yet he's going to sit here and tell you, oh, well, we can be inclusive, but the government's going to try to divide us. So therefore, we have to be more inclusive. Well, OK, wordplay, because inclusive has been another term that has been redefined by this agenda. Mm, mm. And when there and there's more here too. Oh yeah. Yeah, there is. There absolutely is. There always will be because they're going to get you with that one, which is the flavor of the month, quite literally. And then they're going to go, Oh yeah, but look at all that comes with it. So it's like that iceberg, you know, you see the tip and you think, okay, well, that's not so bad. My ship can get around that, but you don't see the rest of it that's going to sink your ship. So one of the reasons why I don't trust what Strauss wrote was because I also give you the study, the document that Valerie Strauss and Kevin Wilner, the director of the NEPC, worked together on to create for us. And it's called Here Are Seven. So let me tell you what this is. Here are seven schools of opportunity. Remember, Wilner helped found these. So again, we've got the pot and we've got the person in charge of the pot, stirring the pot. We don't have any other chefs around. We have just one. Now, if you look at this particular document, you're going to see uh, lots of bright colors. Now, what this is going to do, it's going to broaden and enrich learning opportunities, because after all, we just don't have enough of those around, Tim. Create and maintain a healthy school culture. Under whose decision? Who gets to define what is a healthy school culture? It's going to also provide more and better learning time because we haven't thrown enough money and taken enough of their lives. We're going to take even more. Use multiple measures to assess student learning. In other words, data mind you to death. All right. Number five, support teachers as professionals. Number six, provide rich, supportive opportunities for students with special needs. They've already been targeted enough through this alignment, and I can prove that. All right, number seven, provide students with additional needed services and supports, because after all, we have to go after their mental health as well. Number eight, enact a challenging and supported culturally relevant curriculum. Okay, Tim, what were you just saying about uh what's going to be thrown in to what they're learning. Mm -hmm. All right. Now it says here are seven schools, but then it gives you 10 ways. So somebody's not doing math very well. Number nine, build on the strengths of language minority students. And number 10, oh, I just love this. Sustain equitable and meaningful parent and community engagement. Because after all, it takes a village. It does. (laughs) It absolutely does. Now, it goes on to tell you that these schools of opportunity were pilot programs that were trotted out in the state of New York and the state of Colorado. And then they went national in 2015. Several dozen schools have honored, been honored in this program. 
And it goes on to give you more and more and more and more. And it's just like, you've got to be kidding me. So how objective was Strauss when she wrote this supposed bombshell? I'm going to say BS and horse hockey. That's what I'm going to say. I know somebody's looking for that today. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they're going to. Yeah, I can see the ladies who love that when you get when you get upset and you use that. Okay, if you want to see just how uh, fair that Wellner is for inequity, uh, I give you the link for that because he's going to go after the system and how unequal it is. But he's going to throw in a financial term in there, which is equity. How many times have we been over this? This is proof that our government continually and the common core machine continually put what money before people. Well, that's because I'm just going to say this now. On Friday, Mm -hmm. you guys will not want to miss this show with Eric Hughes Jones because we're going to talk about corporations. Everything, what we think is just something about law is really about money. What we think is when we go into court, all of those court cases is like a gambling match in there. It's about money in the Mm -hmm. end and people getting paid. And uh, I, I mean, once I saw it, I was like, wow, this is just really crazy. We don't even think like this. But that is that is how things work. And uh, you're exactly right. Absolutely. OK, you will also be getting when Wellner, Kevin Welder, uh, the uh, Wellner, the uh, the director of this, this supposed uh, objective uh, entity of the University of Colorado, actually questioned uh, when Gates trotted out his initiative for education. But that will tie back to the article that I gave you where Valerie Strauss was mentioned from Charlotte's website. Okay, so this is uh, that particular document. And if you would read that title, Tim, for those who cannot see it, please. Might the new Gates Education Initiative close opportunity gaps? Oh, yes, because we have to have those opportunity gaps We have to sit here and have them so that we can create stupid ways to close them and fool you the entire time. Okay, let's move on. Now, if you look at the future for learning, this is a really scary group. It is a diverse network of 700 education and social justice field leaders from 300 plus organizations and 20 foundations. And this is who this idiot is tied to. And it says here that we have ambassadors. We have ambassadors, Tim. Uh, We have one from the New York City uh, Department of Education, the Grable Foundation, Purpose Built Communities, Oregon's, uh, one of Oregon school districts, the Center for Youth and Community Leadership, Public Interest, uh, another school district, Prepared to teach the Bank Street College of Education. Students deserve the uh, Partnership for Future Learning, the Advancement Project, ISIL Consulting, the New York University Metro Center. Oh, goodness, the University of Connecticut, the American University, a student voice, director of storytelling, first quarter strategies, the Learning Policy Institute, where you will find none other than Linda Darling Hammond hangs out there. All right. You have the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You have uh, another high school, Southern Education Foundation. We also have the Institute for Educational Leadership, the University of Colorado, OG. 
another another person for this National Education Policy Center. We have the Kaufman Foundation, uh, the Aspen Institute, Tim, we couldn't have this without them. And then the National Education Association. Does anyone see the writing on the wall? Looks like a problem waiting to happen. Oh, honey, it's all over the map. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so in this particular archive, you will find the petitions that the Supreme Court is watching right now. And this will tell you, this is one about a a school case. This is the St. Augustine School. And this was what I was saying at the top of the show, that their uh, petition to be able to provide lower court evidence was denied. But guess what? Interestingly enough, Justice Barrett, recused herself from this case because it was in her home district, the Seventh Circuit. And the reason I say that with a smile on my face is what show did we do when she was being confirmed that we said, watch out for what? Driving the school choice agenda, because between Mm. she and Brett Kavanaugh, which which, you know, he was he is one of Jeb Bush's buddies. What were they going to do? Tip the narrative. But now she's recused herself of this one. But will she weigh in on Carson versus Macon? We'll see. I don't know. Now, I also give you, and this is very important, if you want to say you've listened to this, you've gone back, you've looked at our other research on the Supreme Court, you say, okay, I want to find out when they're going to have their next opinion day. I gave you the link to the calendar, and what you're going to need to look for is a yellow box, because that will tell you on on the calendar, that will tell you this is our opinion day. And it was June the 6th. They'll probably come back in and say, okay, we're going to add another one. It seems to me from what I've seen, Tim, it's going to typically be on a Monday. If you're on social media, follow the SCOTUS blog, not necessarily the SCOTUS, because it will tell you the Supreme Court really doesn't have a Twitter, but you have people who are getting Supreme Court information out there for you. Uh, I would look at everything I possibly could, because again, are these people being as objective as they possibly can? I don't know. But you've got the way that you can look at the Supreme Court calendar for yourself so you can be informed. I also give you the opinion issuance day for the 6th so you can see, yes, the St. Augustine school case was in there and what happened to it. Now, you're also going to need to understand that there's a lot of legal language that is used in this particular kind of uh, documentation. And if you don't know what one of the, the terms are, if you don't know what one of the phrases is, Copy, paste, and look in your search engine or go find a dictionary because you're going to have to in order to understand what is going on. So this is not information that the Supreme Court necessarily wants we the people to understand because if they did, they wouldn't be using some of this legalese that they're using. So I'll just put that out there. So uh, I know we're getting close to time. Yeah, you got so, about 15 yeah. seconds. Tell people okay. where they can find out about it. CommonCoreDiva.com. If you wish to financially bless any of this that I do for you, please do so. If not, please pray. We certainly need it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lynn. We appreciate you. And we're going to continue over for just a little while. Uh, yeah. Lynn's got some other stuff she's going to share. So if you want to join us, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Top of the page there before it's news.com or dlive.tv at the sons of liberty and we'll see you on the other side of that bradley be with you at three and in the morning it'll be a it'll be a pre-record we're gonna have scott shara 
on to give us an update on what's going on there in Wisconsin. See you then. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And uh, Lynn, I'll turn it back over to you. Okay. Uh, also included in the archives for this particular show, I'm going to give you a former article that we did. And uh, Tim, we did a show on this. And this was all about the Reagan Institute Summit on Education. Jeff Bezos was a willing and able partner into that. So if you want to sit here and say, well, Bezos is only a Democrat, look what he did. He was partnering with a clearly Republican institution. And this particular foundation, if you'll remember, Tim, we went over how this was going to supposedly promote Reagan's timeless legacy for uh, individual liberty and economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. And what we've seen happen is that we have all these common core machine entities that latched onto this particular thing, Bezos included, and here they are, Amplify, uh, Nebraska's Higher Education, Digital Promise, oh goody, that was a uh, White House initiative that was codified in the Every Student Succeeds Act. You have the Abe Lincoln Foundation. You have grant makers for education. You have current representatives. You have current lieutenant governors. You have AmeriCorps. You have the Bainium Family Learning, the Walton Foundation, which is Walmart. You have uh, Ed Trust, where you'll find the former U.S. Secretary of Education, Dr. John King, now hangs out. You'll find the Bezos Family Foundation the Rhode Island Higher Education, uh, Wisconsin's uh, current lieutenant governor and uh, the former governor of Tennessee. You've got all kinds of other people who are in this as well. So I gave you that particular one so that you can see while one person is sitting here, hey, I'm going to push the, the Democratic liberal agenda. I'm not going to show you that I'm over here pushing the Republic uh, liberal uh entities as well. All right, the social and emotional data mining that's part of this particular uh, agenda that will be tied to the supposed school choice and the big tech and Bezos and people like that. This is another one where this was all going to be about measuring your child's outcome. And it's important to note that if you've never seen a show that I've done, how much I despise the word outcomes when it comes through the Common Core machine or our government, because what it is actually meaning is that you're coming out as a predetermined government-assigned square when God meant you to be anything but. So that's why I despise that word. But this was this this particular article was saying, okay, we have to measure your child's social and emotional learning. Well, what we found out is that this is actually manipulation. And it says here, this is a quote from this initiative to encourage students from making their lives worth it. An initiative has been taken, which is called the social and emotional learning that provides foundation for safe and positive learning and grows a student's capability in schools, colleges, and building their career. It has also become one of the essential parts of education, Tim, as well as human development. And so I give you how this weaves back into big tech, big pharma, big insurance, big government. I also give you what social and emotional learning's definition was 
and then what it has now become. So that you don't want to miss that one. And then let's see here. Uh, as far as the Department of Health and Human Services, how they come into all this uh, Supreme Court stuff, how they come into all this education stuff is through what's called the CHIP, the Children's Health Insurance program, which is roped into the Every Student Succeeds Act. It is that funding stream that goes both to your school, to your community, as well as your healthcare entities. So you have to absolutely understand this was never just about the school tracking you. This was about the government tracking you no matter where you were. So this doesn't this doesn't take into consideration, Tim, that I'm just in the K through 12 public system. This is meant for this is meant for special needs. This is meant for anyone who takes any of the funding tied to IDEA funds or CHIP funds or any of these others that is outside of the public system. They've now put themselves in the middle of the public system by taking this money, and it is to do nothing but to rack and stack you in some. A computer recognized system so that you can go be this government widget as your outcome, as opposed to what, again, God created you to be. Yeah. And the, the difference would be uh, from the biblical worldview and from the worldview that we had at our founding uh, and even before our founding, for hundreds of years before our founding, because most people's history in America goes back to 1776 and that's where it stops. And they forget the hundreds of years that we were here before and what we were established on. And they forget things like the New England Primer, that little book Mm -hmm. uh, that kids used to learn their ABCs. And they used to learn other things in that little book. And all of it was based upon the Bible. And what does the Bible tell us? Deuteronomy 6, parents, you're the ones who are supposed to be educating your kids, not the state. The state has no say-so in the education of your kids, period. It's kind of like what Bradley says about the whole gun debate. There is no debate. There's no debate on education. You don't have authority to be doing it. We never gave you authority to be involved in the education or indoctrination of our kids. You just, they just have Absolutely. never Absolutely. And it doesn't matter if it's a little S or a big S in front of the state because, well, actually it does because we need it to be a little S because that means we're in control. When it gets to be the biggest, like what we're seeing with education, it means they're in control. Now, we always like to try to give solutions or action steps or something like that to close out with. I wanted to let you know, don't just look at the U.S. Supreme Court. Look in your state for their Supreme Court. Case in point, one of the last things that I have for you is that before the North Carolina Supreme Court, which is, you know, North Carolina is where I happen to live, um, they're hearing an argument over a Leandro school funding case. Now, this case is from 1994, so it's getting up there close to 30 years old, Tim, and they still haven't really made a decision on it. But the whole crux of the matter is this particular case even came into being because you had someone who was ticked off that there was not more funding going to the schools in the state. So after all, we have to do what? Open up the taxpayer's purse even more and do what? Raid that sucker so that we could get more money to our states to do what? Ruin education. That's precisely what this is, but that's not what it's going to be spun as. No, it's being spun as we have to have more money to fund the schools because, after all, we're not doing enough for our students. Oh, you know, you know, one of the things that one of the things that blows my mind 
is the tens of thousands of dollars per student that's spent on education. And then they have the audacity to say, we don't have pencils and we don't have paper and we don't have this, that, and the other. And all. You know, and I can remember Lynn as a kid, you know, your, your parents take you uh, for before school shopping. That's the only thing that was fun about school was you oh, got to yeah. go get new clothes and you, you got some yeah. some loose leaf notebook paper and you got you know a binder and you might got a, you might get a backpack or a lunch pail or something like this i don't even know if people do they i don't i know i don't even see lunch pails anymore lunch I box don't. whatever you call it i don't, I, mean, I, don't I guess they're just eating whatever michelle obama put in there for them to eat if whatever little bit that is but they they don't even do any of this stuff anymore yeah well, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this particular North Carolina case up, and this is what the, the media source did, is telling you, okay, here's the case, here's the history, here's what's at stake, which is $785 million that we, the people in North Carolina, just don't have. It's also going to tell you this case could become an issue, hope you're ready for this, in this falls election because the Democrats hold a four to three majority on the state Supreme Court. Okay, it's not bad enough that we have this case going, okay, we got to funnel even more money we don't have into something, but now they're going to say, oh, yes, we have to do this because guess what? It's going to be the R versus the D again. And what am I saying is going to happen with the U.S. Supreme Court? Almost the same thing, because they're still doing what? They're trying to divide and conquer we, the people. So that's what you can do as far as action. Look at what is going on in your backyard. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. And and But the, but the issue is, again, what you said, they got to take it right there. The people have to take it locally. If they mm-hmm. can take it locally, they can win. Um, again, I, guys, I'm trying to get Paul Dore on, I'm trying to get his son on too, who runs, uh, I think it's called American Firearms Coalition. You want a real Second Amendment group? There, there it is. They're an me- educating group. But Paul right. comes in and shows you how you can completely defund your local school system, and you can take it back. Right. And people, well, just- people are. I think people are learning some some uh, skills and how they can. Get right. in there, especially over this COVID stuff, which is great. But right. you, but I would say, moms and dads, your responsibility is first and foremost to your children, and that is to to educate them yourself, not to send them off to agents of the state. And like it or not, a school teacher is getting paid by the state. Therefore, they are agents of the state, just like a police officer, just like a sheriff's guy, any of the. They're all agents of the state, and we have to keep that in mind. Now we're the ones that the money's supposed to be coming from, but on these issues, the state has no business in it, and uh, and the people are going to have to deal with it, and they're going to have to deal with it at a local yeah. level. Yeah. Well, let's point out a couple of things before we go. First of all, your judges are supposed to be impartial and nonpartisan, but what did the article say? The Democrats had a four to three lead over the Republicans on the state Supreme Court. I noticed this on our our, um, primary we just had. All the judges were on the Republican ticket. 
Now, if you happen to be voting independent or you happen to be voting Democrat, you didn't get a chance to weigh in on which judge represented you, but yet they're supposed to be nonpartisan. If you look at the flyers that come with uh, during elections for judges, it tells you at the bottom, I don't know about in South Carolina or anywhere else, just happens to be where I live. It tells me in living color, judges have to be nonpartisan. So why were they on a partisan ticket? Because that just excluded, I don't know how many voters from being able to weigh in on who represented them in the court. Yeah, it seems like that's a that seems like that's a big problem if it's stated that you can't be partisan, um, and yet you're a part of a political party. Who can run for office? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the way. That's Isn't the way it, they. That's the way they set it up, though. It, yeah, it, it is, and it's like who made this constitution? This is not constitutional. You cannot because that denies that person's right to vote, which is a guaranteed part of the First Amendment. But again, think about it. Think about this, Tim. The school choice false narrative is to do one thing, and that is to eradicate our right to vote. So this is a precursor of what's to come if we allow the school choice narrative, as phony as it is, to play out. And I know this because we've seen the document from 1994 that stated this. We've done a uh, Suzanne and I did a show on this. We did a special webinar. We showed you the page numbers. We showed you how the false narrative behind school choice was to do nothing but to take away your right to vote. And here we're seeing the framework being laid out before us. And you're going to sit there and you're going to whine and moan over Johnny Depp or Matthew McConaughey and his bubblehead self when it comes to, to guns? No, you need to put that aside and think about this because this is your kid, this is your future, and this is about you. That's right. That's exactly right. Lynn, you got a final word? Uh, or was that it? Saddle up. Saddle <laughs> All right, Lynn Taylor, thank you so much. We appreciate all your efforts and coming on every Wednesday. Uh, just a couple of things of encouragement. Thanks, Lynn. Uh, now I got a hundred reasons to hate government. A hundred more reasons to hate government. Uh, love Lynn. Her insight and in spreading the wisdom of this stuff is amazing. She's doing a great oh, job. Um, so uh, I know you appreciate some encouragement instead of all of the bad stuff that you have to deliver to us. And uh, people love you. They appreciate you very much. Uh, helps them do what they need to do locally. And uh, we we love having you on the show, Lynn. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, then. Well, if you wish to to support in any way, that would so absolutely be needed. Uh, I do have an upcoming opportunity to possibly travel. So that will be back on the table. I'm kind of excited about that. So more as I know it. But uh, yeah, there are needs there. So, uh, you know, if you can, great. If not, uh, and I know this sounds like a second a consolation prize, but prayer is absolutely vital because, uh, as I've said in the past couple of weeks, the hounds of hell are at every one of us right now because mm. it's it's just that wicked out there. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But, you know, the light shines brightest it in the does. darkness. So uh, that's an opportunity for us. That's the way we should see it as an opportunity mm. uh, to do what we've been called mm. to do. Thank you, Lan. Guys, you can catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and then 
Tomorrow we're going to have that update with Scott Shara um, and his daughter, and I think you're going to be blown away. If you weren't blown away with uh, the show we did with him a couple of weeks ago, now there's even more information coming out. He's actually got the aid of Tom Renz. Many of you are familiar with him, Attorney Tom Renz. And Tom Renz is helping him in building the case. And they say it may take some time. I don't know why these things take so long, but uh, he's in the midst of it. He says, I see why it takes so long now. You have to put all this stuff together and you got to do a whole bunch of uh, things behind the scenes before you're ready to, to really take it to court. So we're going to have that. And then on Friday, Lord willing, we're going to bring Eric Hughes-Jones back on. He was on Monday. And we talked about the attacks on family farming and uh, farming freedom and, and things of this nature. But he's going to be on. We're going to talk about this corporation stuff. We're going to kind of dip our toes in there for some people who haven't been introduced to this. Because i got to tell you, if, if, you ha- if you have no clue of what we're going to be talking about there you're you're going to only want to get your toe wet and then you can go out from there but it's it's some deep stuff that's going to happen i'm hoping that we can kind of make it easy for people to kind of move into because at first glance it's a little bit overwhelming but uh he, we're going to be talking about that we're going to talk about whose persons you know and uh what is a corporation uh you've got corporation Root word is corpse. Corpse. <laughs> what do you think about when you think of a corpse? Yeah, you think of dead people, and that's really at the center of what all that is about. That's at the center of what our money system is right now. Our debt money system is corpses. And uh, we'll be talking about that on Friday. Until then, see ya. <laughs>